I cannot stop thinking about Project Hail Mary, which I finished last night. And all I want to do is talk about it with everyone. <laughs> Madison hasn't read it. If you're mm-hmm. listening and you have read it, uh, send me a message or something. Let's talk about it. Is it a big book? It's like 600 pages. Okay. And you read it super quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess so. Anytime a book takes me longer than a day to read, I feel like it's slow. Oh, my word. Yeah. I think we've discussed this before that you're like a speed reader. But that was like the way I used to read when I would just do nothing and read all day. And I can't really do that anymore. I mean, like I, it's not just a time thing. It's also my brain is like, I'm bored of this. So I just have, I'm having to learn how to read differently. I guess that kind of goes in with our conversation today. Yeah. So without further ado, here it is. This is Be Createful, a podcast about how we find fullness through creativity. That's not how I usually say that, is it? I think so. It's a podcast about how we... About, I don't think I say how we. I oh. think I say... This is Be Grateful, a podcast about finding fullness through creativity. That's right. Hey, I'm here for the team language. That's cool. <laughs> I'm Joe. <laughs> and I'm Madison. And today on episode 67, Progress Report, How You Doing? Ooh, I like that title. I was feeling it today. I don't know if it's my cherry earrings or the fact that I had a little pastry this morning, but I'm, I'm feeling good. Your outfit is so coordinated she has cherry earrings and also a sweater with cherries on it and the stems of the cherry match her pants perfectly it's like a emeraldy jade color it's my this color is like my new obsession for a while it was mustard fingernails are the same color it's true um for a while it was mustard but now i'm feeling this jade business yeah it's good yeah i mean it's real close to teal it's if like teal is the blue side of blue green this is the green side of blue yeah. green. Yeah. And it's a little more like um, punchy. Yeah. The nail polish that I have on, they called it neon. And I was like, I don't know if I would call this no, a neon color, a neon. but it is bright. Yeah. Yeah. I love these pants. They have yeah. pleats in the front. I feel like 1980s soccer mom in it. Yeah. But pleats are coming back. Yeah. Bring it on back, baby. Let's just make this a fashion podcast. <laughs> Hey, when I'm on it, sometimes it is. Sometimes. Yeah. All right. Anyways, so we're talking about progress today. So did you have a definition for progress? No. No, me either. (laughs) So, I mean, I think we can all agree that progress is some sort of forward motion Mm -hmm. in whatever endeavor that we're... um, that we're exploring. And usually progress Sometimes is Sometimes what we're exploring is interstellar space and other galaxies. <laughs> Bring it on back. <laughs> um, so, and it's usually in a positive direction. You don't make prog, like there's progre- progression and regression. Oh, I see what you're saying. So. Sometimes it is possible to move backwards, but that's yes, not progress. That's not what, exactly what we're talking about. Today. Um, okay. I threw growth in with their, in oh, with yeah. that as well. Okay. So what's your thoughts on that? Um, that sometimes, well, I don't want to get too back into our conversation oh, about gotcha. bloom where you're planted, but sometimes you are, the progress isn't a movement forward. It's a growing 
bigger or upward or stronger or I mean I guess it just it's all saying the same things but sometimes it's uh it's not going to be like a leveling up if you will sometimes right. it's an out where you're expanding yourself yeah or sometimes it's it might not be a, I went from point a to point b mm-hmm. sometimes it might be I grew stronger in point a mm. but I'm still at point a yes um so I want to throw in another word. Oh, boy. And just see what you think about it. Okay. Let's talk about success. Oh. <laughs> That's a dicey word, I think, in general. Okay. How we define success. Because in I, I come from a religious background, and oftentimes in church when we talk about success, it's very countercultural. They're like, success is defined differently in religion than it is, say, in the world. And even there... Sometimes I don't always agree with what the church or what the world says success is. What is success is. in religion? Well, I mean... Not sinning? I don't Being know. successful at not sinning? Perhaps it is growing in your particular faith walk or expanding your knowledge or, you know, stepping into, you know, some sort of meditative practice or something. Perhaps it's helping people. It... People use the words, um, what I'm trying to get at here is that in different contexts, the word success can mean so many different things. Okay. Let's think about it in the context of our conversation. <laughs> well, like, I mean. Of, um, of uh, your life. Like, how do you know if, I think that a lot of times we lump success into this conversation of progress and growth and okay. that if it's not successful it's not progress ah okay so like you were saying you're moving forward sometimes if you slide backward that is regression that's mm-hmm. not progression mm-hmm. um but well because you could say that pro- um that making progress is success and regression is a failure and that kind of binary system or Someone could be successful mm-hmm. through by being regressive. Interesting. So let's say let like like let's look at it in terms of business. Mm-hmm. If success is um, having the highest profit margin at the end of the year, yeah. and if that is what you're measuring, then someone could be successful and increase their profits by having really poor working conditions or, um, you know, exploiting their workers, overcharging customers. Like you can be regressive socially or morally or ethically. Okay. And still have success. That's an extreme version, but I think you could look at any situation through those, through that same lens. Yeah. Like, okay, here's another, maybe a more personal example. Let's talk about weight loss. Mm -hmm. So someone has a goal to lose a certain amount of weight, mm-hmm. they succeed. They Great. lose the weight. Wonderful. But you don't know how they succeeded. And oh, like, was the it, methods through right, which. Right. Was the methods that they used to lose the weight, was that actually progress toward health or wellness? Mm-hmm. Or have they actually done damage to their body because they ate a thousand calories a day and they overexercised and they, you know, they stressed their body out. And so their body lost weight. So success, at least in those two instances, seem to be more like a benchmark, like a very much like you did this thing and you checked off the box, whereas true progress tends to be more holistic. And it's like 
it's better in every aspect of what goal you're trying to meet. Right. Okay. So sometimes we can think about what what we want or what success looks like and it's kind of a the end justifies the means mentality mm-hmm. and that might not necessarily be progress. Well, and I don't I think most of us are not after that sort of benchmark success. We want true progress of not just being successful in one area, but just becoming better holistically, right? We want to make, we want to take steps to become better people in every aspect. I'm not just talking about emotional, mental health stuff, but like you do want to be successful in your business or whatever endeavor you do. I just think that the language that our culture uses is focused around success more than progress and growth. Yes. And the way that we measure, you know, any of the lists, like, 30 under 30 or, you Mm -hmm. know, anybody who's a mover and a shaker, like it's generally to do with things that are perceived as being successful. Mm -hmm. Um, So as someone who can hyper fixate on um, being impressive, which often then implies successful as well, it's important for me to make distinctions that when that my growth and personal progress Mm -hmm. is really, I have to disconnect it from being successful. Successful in a lot of ways that you're talking about is very visible to other people. Whereas progress maybe isn't always visible. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also is something that isn't actually achievable. It's like it's success is a carrot tied to the end of a stick uh-huh. and like the stick is attached to your own head. Right. Sure. And so as you move, the carrot stays the same distance ahead of you. Like you can never actually reach it mm-hmm. because it's so elusive. I mean, it, it's like perfection because when you get to where the carrot was, now, it's already moved and then you can't even appreciate the work you did to get where you are now. I'm thinking that is the negative way to think about like, uh, or success is the negative way to think about progress because progress implies that there's a journey and you're, you're trying to grow along with it. Whereas success is like, all right, once I've made it, I've made it. But then you realize that once you've made it there, you're always going to want to do something more. Yeah. Um, as opposed, so wouldn't it be better to view it as a journey instead? Right. Of like, oh, this is a cool milestone. And then there's always going to be other things that you want to do. Especially if you enjoy what you're doing. Like sometimes there is, okay, when my sisters and I hiked the John Muir Trail, Mm -hmm. there was an ending point. Yes. When we reached that ending point, success. You've done it. Yes. Or in Project Hail Mary, at the end of the book, maybe is there, is there not (laughs) success? You don't, I'm not going to tell you. Um, But when there is a task that needs to be completed and it is like contained within itself, then mm-hmm. yes, you can be successful or sure. not successful. Yeah. In finishing that. But yeah. But I, that's not life. No. Um, so here's an example. Make do. When people will ask me about make do and like if I think make do is successful. And that's not always how they word it. But the yeah. only way I can answer that question is to say five years ago. So make do just celebrated is celebrating now kind of our birthday season of five years in Cersei. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, if you had asked me what does success look like for make do, 
I would have described something that looks a lot like what we're doing. And in that, in that way, you've had some success. Yeah. But Make Do itself has changed from, it's expanded and grown in ways that you didn't expect, right? Well, I, well, I would have expected things that I didn't know what it was going to be. I mean, sure. But if someone had said, what does a successful Make Do look like? You know, okay, it's grown to more than just me. Um, we're regularly having classes. Or, you know, like I would have listed a lot of things that are happening now. Mm-hmm. But now I'm not done. We're not done. No, we're not like, all right, we made it. We can pack it in. Yeah. Or like keep it the same. Right. And there is still a, like we don't have it all figured out. Absolutely So not. sometimes I think we link success with that idea of having it all figured out. Completion, like you were talking about. No longer about. having questions. This goes back a little bit to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about move, becoming an intermediate. Um, we have this idea in our head as a beginner that eventually we'll know it all and then we won't be a beginner anymore. But there's mm-hmm. so many steps in between being a beginner and knowing it all. And so I feel like we can use that... Uh, that turmoil of not having all the answers as a way to diminish our progress. Yes. And so then we always still feel like we're reaching. Which can be really frustrating and very, um, what's the word? Like discouraging when yeah. you're trying to move forward in whatever you may be doing. Yes. Well, that's it. Um, I think it's important to have conversations about uh, paying attention to progress mm-hmm. and growth because it keeps you moving forward and back to science (laughs) (laughs) and project Hail Mary, which is set in space. They talk a lot about like inertia, right? An object in motion stays in motion Mm -hmm. and an object at rest stays at rest. Like it's really hard to get it going again. And I think that applies to our brains too. So if you can be finding ways to, create kind of a mental inertia of movement forward, then it will keep you, you will stay moving forward. Yeah. And I would also say that checking in with your progress also allows you the motivation to change something if it needs to be changed. If you're looking back and you're noticing that you're not progressing in ways that you want to, taking that time of reflection will allow you to then actually go on and make progress. And I think progress can be a tricky thing to measure too. Like, how do you know? Yes. So I was, I thought up of a couple of ways that okay. you check your progress. Obviously, the first one is going back and looking at work that you've done a year ago or comparing those things. Like with Make Do, we make a calendar every year with all of our classes and specifically our summer classes because we have to plan that stuff out real well to make sure that it goes well. And I can go back and compare and look at, oh, well, how many classes in the summer did we do last year versus this year? And I can see where we've grown, what things need to be taken out, what classes didn't do as well. And so it allows us to progress in making our summer program uh, more interesting to the audience that we serve and also making it better for ourselves so that we're not as busy, worn out, whatever. Well, another aspect of that, because, you know, we can't control how many people are going to sign up for classes Mm -hmm. or that. So we try not to use numbers always as a metric of 
growth. But one thing that sticks out about us planning this summer versus last summer is we planned this summer in about 30 minutes. And we planned last summer in like a week. I mean, it took us forever to do it. And so that is, would be one way that we could measure, hey, we've grown in this area. Yeah. Is just looking at the amount of time it took us to do it. Yeah. That's an excellent metric time. How much time does it take you to do something? Because some things are, um, you know, if you are, want to become a runner and so you run a mile and it takes you 15 minutes and then you train and you are committed and then you go back and run a mile and it takes you 12 minutes, then you go, huh, Mm -hmm. that was progress. Yeah. Um, or when you have plants and you can, you just naturally, your settings give you a place to keep them alive, (laughs) then you see them grow and you're like, huh. That was growth. Like you can see it. But generally speaking, you have to work a lot harder to track progress and growth because you don't always have, the outcomes aren't always so measurable. Sure. Especially if it's a little bit every day, like running or, um, or growing plants or something like that. It's slow going. And the only way for you to compare that you are making progress is to take those like wider sections of time, like looking back a month, two months, a year. But I mean, even looking for growth in areas that are not easy, not because it's slow going, Mm -hmm. but because what are you even measuring? Like Mm -hmm. the kids program, Mm -hmm. what are we even measuring? How do we know that it's successful? I'm using that in air quotes. Sure. How do we know that we're having progress there? How do you know in your creative life that you are growing? Because you can't be like, I mean, I guess you could. Well, it took me three days to make my first quilt and it took me two and a half days to make my second quilt. Sure. My skills have grown. Yeah. Maybe don't always time yourself doing everything unless that it, unless unless you enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, you could time, you can keep journals. Um, but especially if you're in a job or a hobby that has like physical materials that are, that are left behind with your finished projects, going back and comparing two similar projects is an Mm -hmm. excellent way. Um, Um, To measure progress. We are always, when we apply for grants, we always have to say what our outcomes are for the particular project and how we're going to measure them. And it's always the hardest part of the grant. My background is in um, teaching, and that is always the hardest part of any lesson. You can plan the best lesson ever, but unless you have an assessment that goes with it to show Uh what the kids have learned, it doesn't mean squat. Well, and the assessment itself is so subjective, right? Because... Some ki- it can't always be a test. Some kids, mm-hmm. it, the test itself is what is throwing off their progress. Yeah. Finding a way to like accurately measure something and account for all of these variables is difficult. Mm-hmm. But in, in some areas, it's a little bit easier. Um, another way to check for progress is to check in with people who are around you, who have experienced your work, your projects, your creativity, and they might be able to give you a more accurate depiction of your own progress than you can. Do you have an example? Um, (laughs) So let me think. Okay. My family has, have watched me sewn for, have watched me sew for a really long time. And so, but I live with myself, so I know what my progress is like Uh because it's slow going at times, but when my parents come in and they woo ooh and awe ah over a jacket I've made, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I have gotten a lot better in my 
in my sewing, but I've just been so used to watching my small incremental changes that I didn't realize that I've gotten to be a pretty good seamstress. Or you know how much you procrastinated the jacket. Sure, or or all the little mistakes are in there. Right, and so an outsider's perspective is actually more objective than your own. Mm -hmm. Even though it could be argued your parents aren't objective because they love you. Sure. But I do think that they are more objective than you in in the situation because you have the, well, like we said, all the experience of... The things that didn't go well for you while you were doing it. Yeah. I was talking to Richard about someone came to ask me for help with their wedding dress. And I said, I'm a seamstress, not a wizard. And he's like, I don't know. There's some things that you can do that are pretty magical with with sewing. And I'm like, yeah, I guess there's very few things that I would have a difficult time tackling. Uh-huh. But I had never realized that until I had conversations with people. Right. Well, you mean... I hadn't realized it to the extent of like... I don't know. I just hadn't recognized my skills to that level yet. Or that someone else would see it as magic. Yes. Because to you, it makes sense. Sure. And I know that there are limitations. Yeah. But to them, I I can do anything. Well, you can. Just kind of. I mean, yeah, I guess if I put my mind to it, I you can do anything. You just made the whole uh, Spider-Verse. What's it called? Multiverse? <laughs> Spider-Verse. Yeah, you were oh, right. You made the whole Spider-Verse out of perler beads. <laughs> That's for our Spider-Man camp. I'm really excited about that. I'm going to decide. I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking I might wear my costume to Spider-Man camp with some additions. Like, you know, like superheroes wear like people clothes over their suits. Oh, so yeah. I may do something so like that. So that you don't feel like you're just walking around in Lycra. Yeah. I mean, the kids wouldn't think anything of it, yeah. but I'm sure the parents were like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> well, and I mean, there could be some older boys in the class, possibly. This is true. This is very true. But anyways, that could be fun. And but Madison's Spider-Man suit is very well fitted. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a superhero yeah. suit. Yeah. It is tight. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways. I so lost we were, my train of thought. We were talking about different... Um, different ways that you can kind of check your progress. And you had mentioned time and... Oh, yeah. We were just kind of going through that. Um, I... So the first year... Okay, McDo is a nonprofit, so we don't have to... We don't pay taxes as a business. Yeah. But I do have to file what's called a 990 hmm. easy is the particular form easy. that McDo files. <laughs> um, and easy, just because it's shorter, based on our revenue, it's shorter than the full-blown form. Okay. Okay. You, listener, I know you don't care about all those details. The first time that we did it, Mooley, my Moo Countant, Moo Countant <laughs> came and helped me, and it took us three days. We... <laughs> I need to see if I can make a highlight in our, the Insta stories because I made Insta stories of us doing it. And oh, we I've were seen this before. Our minds. Yeah, we were so. <laughs> and this is the short form, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it just was the first time we were going through it, and it was a lot of, you know, I hadn't ever. So McDo had been like maybe here two years before we qualified to have to do that form because there's a form even before it that's even easier. But once you reach a certain revenue threshold, you have to jump up to this form. So anyway, then the second year that I did it, um, it was a little easier. And then I think I've done it three years last year, Mm -hmm. even more so. And then this year I'm like, not even 
it's due May 15th and I haven't even started it. Like you're not concerned. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that is, um, that's a measure of progress, right? You've compared in past years and you've gotten faster at it. And do you still have Moose help every now and again? No, this year I'll do it without her. All right. Um, last year I had her check it, like just look over it, Mm -hmm. but I did it all myself. Then speaking of it. Oh, oh, here we go. The IRS sent me a letter that they didn't get it. What? Then I resent it. Then they sent me, how long ago was it? Less than a month. Yeah. They sent me a bill for $3,000 for not getting it. <gasps> um, and anyway, so I tried to take care of it and I could not get a hold of anyone with the IRS. This is a public service announcement that someone okay. had to tell us that I didn't know. Listener. Did you know that you can call your representatives to Congress and they will help you <laughs> take what? care of situations with the IRS? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So what happened? So Master Volunteer Nancy told me, call your senator. He didn't answer, but I did call my representative. And so they took care of it. <gasps> yes. So it turns out the IRS said, oh, that has popped into our system. Never mind. <laughs> wow. It just showed up. So, so we don't have to pay $3,000. No. Oh, thank goodness. And that is progress, too, of like knowing, well, one, I have learned you keep copies of everything. Yep. When you mail something, you keep like you have proof of everything. Yep. That is some progress. Okay. And, um, you know, I feel like I have made progress in getting things done on the phone. Excellent. I don't love it. No, I don't think anyone likes dealing with customer service on the phone. And, uh, okay, so let's use that as an example that it it could have been a way to be like, I'm not getting any better at my job Mm -hmm. or I'm still making mistakes. And I, it was a rough on me. Yeah. She, guys, Joe took it hard. Like that, did I mess up? Did I not do, I thought that, I mean, in my memory, I did it right. But what if I didn't? And Three thousand dollars is significant. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, so anyway, now I lost my train of thought. Talking about it in the context of growth and um, dealing with people on the phone. No. Oh, sometimes we think that the growth means we don't make mistakes anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago about becoming an intermediate, but that you will always make mistakes. Yeah. But the growth in this situation, I guess, was the confidence I had to take care of it. And having more knowledge to find another way to fix it. Yeah. Well, when they say, here, call this number and you do and you can't talk to anyone, then how are you supposed to fix it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have to have a master, a, master, a master volunteer, Nancy, yeah. help you out. Yeah. So thank you, Nancy. Yes. Thank you for the tip. Thank you for saving me two, three thousand dollars $3,000. Woo. Oh. All right. So that was, do you have anything else about oh. how to measure progress? Oh, not about how to measure it, oh. but uh, just a comment yeah. on progress. So there is a man named Emmanuel Ancho. I'll link to his Instagram account, but he hmm. does, um, he has a series called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, Ooh. Um, which is where I found him at first. So he'll, he talks about all kinds of things hmm. um, in conversation with other people. Anyway, he just wrote a book. I don't remember what it's called, Illogical or something. Um, and so this is something that he says in his book, in an interview, he's talking about the difference between 
goals. Well, he says goals are dumb. And interesting. Yeah. Are you a goal setter? Uh, no, because I don't want to disappoint myself. Okay. But that's that's interesting. But that's me. (laughs) Um, I am not a goal setter either. Probably maybe for the same thing, the same reasons, like I don't want to fail. Yeah. But also because I feel like I can spend a lot of energy crafting the goal Mm -hmm. in that could have been spent on just doing the thing. Yes. Um, especially when it comes to like work or I love a reason to not actually do any work and pull out some post-its <laughs> and just brainstorm. Oh yeah. That's and fun. So sometimes goal making can turn into that for me mm-hmm. and then I don't actually want to do any of the executing. Yeah. I can definitely get pie in the sky like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could start doing this, this and this. And then there's no possible way that I could complete all of those goals. No, but it's something about the way that it could make my calendar look Mm -hmm. or this illusion of productivity or this illusion of success that I'm getting through the goal making. Yep. And so then it just becomes really counterproductive to me. So. So he doesn't a goal maker and he doesn't like goals is what he said. And even with make do, we don't set goals for make do, but we do have a strategic plan Mm -hmm. with objectives lined out. Okay. So, um, here's, I'm going to not quote him at all, but just paraphrase his ideas. So he defines a goal as an end toward, to where you're putting energy, like you're putting your energy into this end. Sure. And you have two options. So one, you meet the goal and then maybe you stop. Like, mm-hmm. but what if you could have gone further? So in some ways, goals are actually limiting because when you set the goal, if we have a fundraising goal of $5,000, then if someone sees, oh, well, you met the $5,000, you don't need my additional 50. Yeah. You know, so sometimes a goal is actually limiting once yes. you reach it. Mm-hmm. But the other option and what is actually more common is that you don't reach it. Mm-hmm. And so then you feel like a failure yep. and that can happen in our work. It can happen in our creativity. It can happen in our life. They can happen, you know, when you're in college and you go to a Christian university, so all of your friends are getting married mm-hmm. and then you look around and you're like, but I'm not getting married. And yeah, you did have you this make goal. Like, yeah, did you make that goal for yourself? Yeah. Because every, it's everyone else's goal. So then you feel... There's like a sense of failure mm-hmm. when you set by 25, I will have achieved this or by 30, this is what things will be like. Yeah. That's um, an interesting little tangent because we, I mean, we could take on society's goals for ourselves. This is the timeline of your life and this is how it should look. And by this age, you should have reached this goal and this step. And But I think recently we're learning that people's timelines look so vastly different than than what we thought, especially with now, you know, the pandemic and all this other stuff happening. Yeah. Um, So those are the kind of the only two options you have with a goal. And a lot of times you end up missing the mark on the goal and then you feel like a failure, especially when your goal has a timeline attached to it. Yes. So he talks instead about objectives, which is interesting because that, I mean, that's the language that we already were using with it make do, sure. but he defines an objective as effort or energy in a direction. Mm. So from the outside, it might look the same. If you're, um, 
let's go back to like the idea of running a 5K. If you say, I want to run a 5K, my objective is to run a 5K or mm-hmm. my goal is to run a 5K. Sure. Like it looks the same. Yeah. But uh, the objective leaves room for missteps and for perceived failure. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're set off course completely. Okay. Because is this just a change in word or is there... Is there something like that functionally different about... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like functionally, it may look exactly the same. Okay. But I think that mentally and in in actuality, it is quite different because you're not setting limits. Okay. So, um, you know, maybe... Okay. So maybe the difference... Back to the running example. Maybe running a 5K would be a goal. Mm-hmm. And then maybe an objective would just be, I want to be a person who can run a 5K. Like, mm-hmm. I want to put effort into this. Mm-hmm. And then once you get there, you keep going. I mean, I know people can reevaluate their goals once they hit them. Sure. But we don't always, you know, sometimes we hit it and we're like, well, that's great. And then we backslide. Well, and we use that same language in education. We talk about students reading... Students reaching an objective in a lesson versus reaching a goal. Mm. So, I mean, in school, we always are trying to get you to learn more. So even though you may hit an objective, there's always going to be another another one that comes next. And there can be multiple objectives at once. Yeah. And they don't necessarily mean that you have to split your energy. It could just be these are these are... These are milestones that you need to hit in order to reach, you know, some level of completion. Well, and because goals, you know, you need to make smart goals. Oh, what are smart goals? So specific, measurable, achievable. What's the R? Reachable. But how would that be different than achievable? Okay. I don't remember the A and the R. And then T is timely. Like there has to be a time on it. Oh, yeah. And so having an objective is basically throwing the smart, it's basically a goal, but you're throwing the smart part out. Oh, relevant is R. Relevant. Okay. So you're saying, you know, you're focusing your energy in a direction. Mm -hmm. That's not very specific. That's true. You know, I uh, made a objective for myself a few years ago that I wanted to have a wardrobe that was handmade. I didn't put a time limit on it, but it guided me in a direction of, okay, Madison, you need to stop making a bunch of dresses and you need to start making pants and other things. But it also left me room for like, I still want to make dresses, so I'm still going to make some because I I want that Uh in my wardrobe. But it's helped to guide me in directions so that I can, so that I'm not just making 50 dresses. I'm not doing the same thing over and over again. I'm making progress. Right. And you're achieving, it's not even progress for the sake of like expanding your skills. It's progress towards that objective of a man-made yeah. wardrobe. Yeah. Um, not that I want to keep talking about Project Hail Mary, but <laughs> they, you know, they're But tra- also, yes. Yeah. But they're traveling through space. And so when he's talking about, you know, getting back to earth or getting to wherever they're going, you just aim the nose of the ship like in the general direction of earth. Yes. And then go. So like, it's not even, you know, you can't be so specific. And distance, like 
when Earth is 14 light years away, mm-hmm. you can't be specific. It's so, the scope is too large. Right. And so that happens, I think, when you look at your life and mm-hmm. what would be a successful life for you. Or if I, you know, when people ask me is if I think make do is successful, mm-hmm. well, I can only talk about it like in the snapshot of this moment, but that's not, I mean, that's not all of what we are either, yeah. you know? So in one moment, this is what I meant by missteps earlier. Like in one moment, it might feel like you're going backwards mm-hmm. or it might feel like you aren't, um, that you have failed, but that's just a misstep. And you, you still have the ability to focus your energy in the direction towards that objective when it is not, uh, when a goal isn't on the table. Um, I've had a life goal for myself that I want to become a very kind person. And that by is by the age of <laughs> no, just in, just, I didn't put in a general, time limit yeah. on myself because who knows how much time I got left. Mm. Um, that is very generic. It's not a smart goal. However, it's given me a lot more mental space and room to be able to figure out what it means to be kind to people. Because when I was a teenager, I thought it just meant being nice to people. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that kindness can oftentimes look like delivering um, some much needed like truth to someone that might not feel kind at first. Oh, I thought you were going to say delivering chicken noodle soup and saltine crackers <laughs> and chocolate ice cream to someone. When I mean, it sick. could, it could look like caretaking, but kindness can also be saying something that's painful now to prevent someone from d- doing something even more hurtful later on. Um, whereas if I had made a goal to just be kind and being very specific about what I did, I wouldn't have left myself room to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way objectives allow you to mature, whereas goals, I guess they seem to be a bit more static Mm -hmm. because they kind of have to be. Well, right. And there's so many variables that are outside of your control. A lot of times when it goes, comes to goals Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's just luck that you hit them, you know, versus an objective. I think luck plays a larger part in our lives than we then we think we attribute people's success or we attribute people's luck to success and assume if I just work as hard as they did or do all of the mm-hmm. same things they did, then I will reach my goal. Mm-hmm. Well, and I did have a note to bring up comparison because I think that um, that gets in the way of us accepting our own progress and mm-hmm. growth when we look at someone else and we decide that somehow their perceived success is now our benchmark. Mm -hmm. Um, and so all that does is muddy the waters and make it harder for us to see our own progress. That is so difficult though, because if you don't know what your own goals are, or if you don't know yourself well enough, you kind of rely on the benchmark of other people's to start to figure out your goal. But then you grow and mature and you realize that maybe those goals don't fit you. And so it can feel like you're constantly changing direction, especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. But like, well, you know, that makes me think we went into this whole conversation abs- assuming people would have know what they wanted to see progress or growth in, mm-hmm. in their life. But it also is just as likely that you don't, that you feel a little aimless um, and purposeless because maybe you, don't have a 
something that you're progressing in. Like a goal that you're working towards. Mm -hmm. Well, and maybe part of progression is figuring out what it is that you want to work towards. Spending some time in reflection with yourself to figure out what's important to you. Um, And also how many things can be important? You know, what can you really take on as one person? Um, Because I I want to say so many things can be important, but you can't put the maximum amount of energy into five objectives. No. (sighs) Especially if they are like not adjacent to each other. Yeah. See, in edu- they're in competition. Yeah. In education, you try to, in a lesson, you pick objectives that, you know, build with each other and bridge with each other. It doesn't happen in life all the time. But, okay, education is a good example because you could have a lesson that met both some math objectives and some science objectives. Oh, yeah. So um, having objectives that align that are adjacent that's what I meant by adjacent like not objectives that are in competition with each other that Mm -hmm. are like I'm trying to think of something weird that would be obviously in competition if you were if you said I want to have a wardrobe that is all handmade and then you also said I want to have a wardrobe by you know the top designers I mean yeah that would be or by the end of this year there ain't time for that you um, know that's if you have two things you're moving towards that are in opposition of each other, obviously that is, you need to reevaluate. Yes. But I mean, if you have five objectives for your life, for your business, mm-hmm. for whatever, um, the more that they overlap, the more reasonable it is to pursue five objectives. You mean I can't do it all? <laughs> I mean... Not for long. Yeah. And well, you can't do it all at once. Yeah, that's true. So I think you can have it all eventually, but not, not all, all at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could, I can say that even as, as a working woman who is not married or have children. Mm-hmm. I still can't have it all. What? Like, <laughs> I can't be good at my business and also have my bathroom cleaned all the time. I just can't. Oh, that's not perfect. And you don't, like, make yourself, like, beautifully healthy and meals? Cook? No, th- and take care of my yard? <laughs> no, I can't do it all. Yeah. I guess that's why you really do need to figure out what's important to you. What's uh-huh. going to be the top priority? So maybe you do have five objectives, but there's going to be one that you're going to dump the most energy into. And maybe it's seasonal. Sure. Like there's one you dump the most into at that particular time because that's the season. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't have to do yard work in the winter. It's true. So that can fall to the bottom. Speaking of seasons, I yeah. just had this little, I had this little theory that I think the reason why people aren't always a big a fan of the holiday seasons season is because it provides a yearly benchmark for people to reflect back on the progress and realize that they're not where they meant to be, you know, or where they want to be, I should say. Same with like class reunions and and other things like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Harding right now is getting ready to have like a, their spring sing event where everyone kind of comes back and relives their Harding days, you know, to hang out on campus and go see this show. And I think it is a time of reflection for a lot of those people of, 
okay, these are the goals that I had when I was in college. Did I progress and get to the point where I wanted to be now? But also, this is why I am adamantly trying to tear down the phrase, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Because those goals that you set for yourself in college are based on what? Yeah. How old are you in college? Like uh, 18 to 22. So they're only based on what you have seen other people say is important. Mm -hmm. And if the generations before you have been pretending and faking it till they make it and making, saying things are a certain way when they aren't in actuality, then how are you supposed to set reasonable objectives for your life. You just don't know enough. No. Which I know is very frustrating for any of those young people who are listening who are like, yeah, I don't know enough and now I'm trying to figure it out. This is just an excellent opportunity to give yourself grace and time to figure it out. And there's no pressure. Well, there is pressure, (sighs) external pressure. Yeah. You don't need to add internal pressure to have all those answers. Mm Mm-hmm. Just try, just start trying to figure out what's going to be the most important for you in the next five years. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to Sorry. some. That's okay. I could talk about this for I a know. while. I, th- I thought we hadn't talked about this at all beforehand. And a yeah. lot of times we do kind of have a general direction of where we think that the episode, the yes. conversation is going to go. And we hadn't talked about this at all. No. And honestly, I was feeling like, uh, I hope we have some good things to say about this, but. Who knew that there was so much to talk about when you're talking about success and progression and growth? Yeah. It's weird. Also, we could talk about anything. (laughs) That doesn't mean it would be a fun conversation or interesting to listen to. But our objective is to just have energy towards... (laughs) Towards this topic. Effort in a direction of conversation. Okay. All right. Um, What's up I wrote down tips to help recognize your growth. Okay. And progress. We probably have laid some out as mm-hmm. we go. And I didn't tell you I was going to do this. So did you write down tips of any sort? I mean, I basically, we, I would talked about them earlier when okay. we talked about measuring growth. Okay. So um, my first tip is to revisit your vocabulary and the way that you think about success. So we've oh, done so that Oh, so redefining some. success. Yes. Okay. So the way that internally you are processing um success or that you're measuring growth or are you attached to the idea of smart goals or to resolutions or whatever, like just revisiting your mental process in that and see if it's working for you or not. Cause it might be mm-hmm. like you maybe can use the word goal and it's not a stumbling block and that is working well. So stick with it. But if it is, if you are like, Oh, I never thought about that, but yeah, actually creating goals does make me run the other way because I'm self-sabotaging or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So my first tip is just to revisit your vocabulary and the way that you're thinking in all of these areas. How do you define success? Who gets to decide? All of that. Okay. Well, and could that also extend into how you're actually approaching said like objective and goal that you, maybe you need to change your approach I mean, I guess when you change your vocabulary and your worldview of a goal, the behavior will follow. But maybe considering 
how much time and effort you're putting into a goal and what ways you're spending it. Like, are you spending it all on that brainstorming time and not spending time actually doing the thing? Or are you spending a lot of time getting all of the tools and things that you need, but not actually spending time doing it? I think that that would be a tip for how to achieve your goal. Ah, yes. But so yes. However, I just am thinking in terms of how to recognize growth. Gotcha. So we're assuming growth is already happening and this Mm -hmm. isn't about any particular goal or objective. Um, It's not even about like setting them. It's just about recognizing today where growth is already happening. Okay. Um, Okay. So number two would be to measure what you can know what you can measure. Mm -hmm. That might be a better way to say that. Um, and you can do that through setting objectives or through kind of creating little, um, well, benchmarks for yourself. Um, and sometimes it might be something that's coming up. Okay. You know, your taxes are due soon. And so, you do that and you're like, hey, actually, that was easier for me. Good grief. I am getting better at being an adult. Mm-hmm. It could be like little things like that. Okay. And we talked about time for a while earlier. So, so. it doesn't just have to be hard numbers. You can, it can be a feeling like, oh, I felt less stress about this particular situation. Yes. Okay. I think there is value to things being measurable. Sure. However, most things are not. We have to work really hard to make make do's objectives of creativity and community measurable. It's a very, it's very hard to explain to people how make do kind of functions in that way. Because we're not talking about like adult literacy. This person came in and they couldn't read. They came through our program and they can read. That is very measurable. And because we are focusing on the soft, the soft skills, it's not about, I mean, we could measure this person could not. sew. they came through our program. They can but, but make that's do's not, not real. about sewing. Yeah, that's kind of, we talked about this earlier that make do is not just about like sewing and crafting. That's not the point. It is the method and medium through which we teach or we help to foster creativity and community. Right. Make do could be doing those things without sewing and crafting, but this is our chosen method of or doing it. Or we could be, our goal could be sewing and we couldn't care at all about yeah, and our classes the and things aspect. might look vastly different, but that's the difference that objectives make. Yeah. So measure what you can occasionally. I think you can also get hyper-focused on the numbers, um, mm-hmm. whether that's numbers on a scale, numbers of patients, patients, participants, yeah. numbers of dollars, any of that. You know, you can get hyper-focused, but, you know, track it occasionally. Be aware. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, the last tip I have to recognize growth is to uh, celebrate yourself. Yes, you should. Um, And sometimes the thing that you can celebrate is just the fact that you kept showing up to that thing that was important to you. Yes. Your consistent presence is something that is so valuable. Um. That's why it is important to celebrate because it takes time and effort to show up again and again, whether that's, you know, continuously through a project or if it's just showing up and being a vulnerable person requires celebration. There's a, um, a viral, like real on Instagram, like Mm -hmm. a sound that people keep using. And it's this guy, he's basically screaming, but he's, 
How does it start? It's like, you got to show up if you want to get it done. If you want to get it done, you got to show up. (laughs) Like the work doesn't get done if you aren't there to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, The objective doesn't get met if you aren't putting energy and effort into the direction of the objective. So you know that you're making progress if you're showing up and then you celebrate. Because sometimes it feels like I'm just coming here and nothing is happening. I can feel that way at you know, when I'm working out or, you know, something like that where, again, that progress seems really, really small. Uh-huh. You can't really tell. But if you're consistently showing up, that is something. Yeah. And, you know, your desire to do the thing doesn't really matter if you're just showing up. So, like... You can be grumpy about it. Right. And that doesn't take anything away. I mean, it might make it miserable for the other people around you, sure. but, like it doesn't diminish the fact that you're still there. So as long as your objective is to, you know, doesn't include emotionally being happy then, but yeah, because you know, that would not be your goal. If you were showing up and being grumpy and you're like, my goal is to not be grumpy about this anymore. Well, but if your goal is to not be grumpy, I don't know that that's realistic. (laughs) Like if your goal is to never be grumpy. mm. No, but I just mean that like, there can be some things where you're really, it can be hard to continue to show up if you're going to be frustrated about it. So there's obviously some other work there that needs to be done in order for you to continue to show up. Right. And is that if you are continually grumpy or frustrated, then is this an objective that's worth pursuing? Yeah. Is this what you actually want? Because it sounds like your body's saying, your body or your emotional brain is saying, nope. Yeah. I feel like we talked about that recently. Maybe we did. Um, Maybe oh we did in Bloom Where You're Planted. Mm. Um, I don't I don't write episode numbers down, so I don't remember what episode that is. I'll look it up. Um, but sixty three sixty three. So we um, we talked about Bloom Where You're Planted as being a phrase that like <coughs> keeps. Oh, <laughs> we talked about Bloom Where You're Planted as being a phrase that keeps people in situations where they actually need to just get out of them. Yes. So excuse Pip. She was barking at men who were (laughs) standing in by our door. Good girl. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. (sighs) Wow. That was a very unexpected conversation. There was a lot of depth there. That's what we do. (laughs) This, I think this would be a good conversation to have with a friend over coffee is discussing progress um, in your life. Personal objectives. Yeah. I think that could not only be fun, but also you get to learn a lot about the other person and how other people feel about progress and personal objectives. Um, And I think it's good to have a almost like, okay, so every business has a mission statement and they should have a strategic plan and objectives that they're working toward. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people talk about having a personal mission statement, you know, like, your f- your desire to be more kind mm-hmm. um, fits into that. And so um, that idea of a mission statement, I think it's a worthwhile exercise to think about. And I would say uh, it would be good for couples as well, because if you're sharing your life with someone, you mm-hmm. want to s- dream and build goals together. And oftentimes you can assume that because you live with someone, they have similar goals that you do, but that may not be true. Well, or that you, um, 
when you and your partner have very different ways of going about your daily life, mm-hmm. I think it can feel like you're not on the same page about anything too. Yeah. And so being able to say, no, these are the objectives that we together are putting effort toward, yes. but our effort looks different. Yes. Can help you recalibrate with someone and see, oh, wait, we are on the same page. There's a... um I was having a chat with another couple and they were saying that their word of the year, because they do one together, was oh, in- interesting. Yeah, was intentionality. And so one weekend per month, they would do some sort of project together, whether it was on the house or on their finances or something. They picked a project and that weekend they worked on it together and gave intentional time for that. And I thought, how cool and what a way to keep on the same page with someone who um, otherwise you you might not. Yeah. Thought that was cool. Well, there's just a little extra relationship advice from us here at Make Do. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, we're now a fashion and relationship podcast. Yep. Um, okay, man, those guys really uh, disturbed Pip. Now she's she was around napping. She yeah. was out. She was like soaking up the sun like a cat. Well, the sun went away too. I mean, it didn't. It's still out, but it went above the window. It's no longer shining in the yeah. window. What's your sweet this week? <gasps> my sweet this week is that my parents are coming in for spring sing. And so it's going to be kind of cool. I get to, you know, relive some of those good little college memories as well as see my parents and just kind of spend time with them. And Madison and I are going um, tomorrow, which will, well, Friday yes. when you listen to this, It'll it already worry, happened. Yeah. Um, we are going to one of the local news stations in yes. Little Rock to have a little short segment on there to celebrate our birthday and do a little craft. But uh, um, Madison's dad is going to drive us. Yes. <laughs> I'm so, we're so excited. We're going to have a chauffeur. Is your mom going to come? I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. She'll be there too. And they're going to wear make-do t-shirts. It's going to be so cute. It's like we have a fan club. I know. What if they're like holding signs? But you know how like on Good Morning America. Yeah, they have like homemade poster board. <laughs> like my parents are like that. And you can see them behind the... Um, all right, Pip's getting under the couch. My <laughs> Her sweet, time is limited. Yeah. My sweet is these new clogs I'm wearing. Guys, um, these are these, they're wonderful slides. So there is a brand of clock. The brand is called Briar and they are uh, handmade in San Francisco. Ooh. I will tag them in the show notes because I'm getting better at like putting actual things in the show notes. Um, so they have a, um, out a resale option now where people can like sell their own clogs anyway. And they're, so I got these clogs that are basically brand new. They look brand spanking new. For like 60% off. Woohoo! I know. I'm so excited. And I, it's a platform style of clog that I had been wanting to try because I think I'll be able to wear them like all day and regularly compared yeah. to my clogs with a heel on them. They've got this cute little peep toe so you can see Joe's lovely toenail polish. It's great. Yeah. So... Anyway, that's my sweet. <gasps> nice. What's right. your sour? Uh, my sour is that my doorbell doesn't work. So I had to... Because you took... Yeah. You so made it not work? Painted my hallway. I took it out and we unwired it so that we could pull it off the wall. And I don't either... Something shifted in it where it doesn't want to ring quite right. But yeah, basically it goes ding, but it doesn't go dong. You know how doorbells, they have two tones, ding dong. It just goes ding. And then, (laughs) yeah. And so the last part of it, it goes ding. And then there's this "Mm," instead of a dong. So (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) Don't. That was funny. (laughs) My doorbell has no dong. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I mine doesn't either. I'm well, kind, my house doesn't. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm concerned that it's not wired correctly and like it's going to cause a fire or something. Um, so I will have to figure that out. Oh, your dad can help when he's here, and then you can learn, and then you'll know for next time. Uh, for the next time I take out my doorbell. yeah. What's your sour? Uh, my sour is that today I have to um, make phone calls I don't want to have to make. Just like business. I mean, nothing bad. Just like no. businessy phone calls where it's a problem I can't solve without talking to someone. But I already said, I mean, I have growth in that area. So, yeah. See, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be uh, happy about it. You can be grumpy in that. No, but I need to eat the frog and just get it done. Because, I mean, when I've done it in the past, it it is how problems get fixed. It's just... What is it about, like, writing emails and making phone calls that seems easy, but in reality is so difficult to do? Well, emails are a different beast. But I think with phone calls, what I don't like is that I cannot control the narrative. Ah. You know, like you don't know what the other person is going to say and then you are having to react in, in real time, time. <laughs> versus email or even doing like a a chat mm-hmm. with someone. It gives you a little bit of time to you can like breathe and articulate like, what your answer. Yeah. So I think that that's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we did it. Growth, progress. We have another podcast episode <laughs> in the books. Yes. Um, let me see if I have a song. Madison had lots of songs before we were recording earlier. <laughs> oh, I just went into spoken word. I dropped the song. <laughs> Joe is not into that. I'm not into it today. Pip has grown. She has decided to lay down during the podcast. She can be out here. Ooh. We're so glad that she has made progress. That's true. Thank you, Pip. Pip, please quit jumping on people. She'll be making progress. It's slow. It is hey, slow. That's even, true. It's slow. Even Paul said that she's gotten better. Yeah. She is. Yeah. But Paul's our mailman, by the way, uh-huh. in case you don't know. And I feel like we have gone backwards in some areas, though. Y'all, she jumped on the table three times yesterday. Maybe it was a storm. She was like, it's rainy outside. I'm going to do what I want. I don't think so. Hey. <laughs> It's a real thing that when it rains outside, kids get crazy in the classroom. Oh, it's like so that it makes the dogs crazy too. And a full moon, it makes animals and kids they go wild. All right, well that's what we'll say. <laughs> Done. <laughs> it's not my fault. Nope. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you to my dear, dear friend Craig Hudson for our very createful theme music. You can hear more of Craig's music on Spotify under Craig Hudson. That's Hudson with a T. Or you can just uh, click on the link in the show notes. Also, be sure to connect with Make Do on Instagram at Make Do Create or on Facebook at Make Do Circe. And visit our website, makedocreate.org, for upcoming classes, show notes, to order a face mask, lots of things. We'll be back here with another episode next Monday. Have a good week, y'all.